crimes against America. Anison, for the fast, prolonged relief of headache pain, brings you another case in the career of Ellery Queen, celebrated fighter of crime. Anison's guest armchair detective, who's in the studio to solve the mystery, before Ellery reveals the solution, is Mr. Kent Smith. And now, Ellery Queen tells the story of a mysterious international figure suspected of diamond smuggling, number 31. Uh, just a minute, Charlie. Uh, Inspector. Huh? Who is it, Ely? A radio phone. Charlie says some guy's calling the police department from the steamship at G at sea. Mm-hmm. So I'm elected, huh? <laughs> Inspector Queen speaking. You kept me waiting. I kept... Who is this? George Arcaris. Jo... Oh, yes, Mr. Arcaris. Well, what can I do for you? You and your police and your customs officials can let me alone. That's what you can do for me, Inspector, whoever you are. Now, I don't get you, Mr. Arcaris. If you're on shipboard in mid-Atlantic, you... You can let me alone when the ship docks in New York. Oh, expecting trouble with the customs, Mr. Arcaris? Very humorous. Three times now I've been searched in your customs like a common criminal. If it occurs this time, I shall make the most vigorous representations to my government. Do you understand me? I understand you. He's uh, going to make trouble, Inspector, huh? That's what he says, Vili. Mm. Is this a private fight, Dad, or can anyone get in on it? Oh, that was a bird named George Arcaris, Henry. He's from the Near East. Yeah, and he has plenty of connections. Arcaris, of course. What's your interest in him? Well, son, about a year ago, we got a tip he was smuggling diamonds in. We passed the tip to customs. They gave him the business. But no diamonds, I take it. No diamonds. Still, after Arcaris sailed back to his homeland... Some stuff turned up around New York that seemed to jibe with our tip. Uh, the same thing happened on his next two trips, Maestro. Now he calls from mid-ocean to say that if he's bothered again, he'll make a diplomatic issue of it. Well, if he's innocent, you can't blame him. Listen, Miss Porter, this Arcaris is an international mystery man. And he's suspected of everything from espionage to murder, but never any proof. Well, it certainly doesn't keep him out of cafe society. He's always being wined and dined by people like Pip Istrom and Sue Mounting and that crowd. Oh. Who's been passing these tips along, Dad? Oh, they've been coming in by way of the underground. Vila, get me ZK at customs. Yes, sir, right on. Of course, uh, it's occurred to you, Dad, that oh, Arcaris may be smuggling the diamonds in through a yeah. confederate. Oh, I'm sure it's occurred to us, but uh, That's right. yeah. what can you do? It's one All of those right. things that... Yeah, just a minute, please. Oh, here's, simple uh, enough. Here's ZK, oh. Inspector. Uh, Zach, anything come in on George Arcaris? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, I know. Well, I just got a notion about that. I'll call you right back. There's been another tip. Now, listen, Elry. We must make sure that our caris isn't slipping the ice to a co-worker to carry off. Now, would you make sure for us? It's a delicate situation, Maestro. If you tell us he hasn't passed anything to a pal, we'll search our caris and customs, Elry. I'd have to board the Aegea quite a bit before she docks, Dad. That'll be a cinch now. I can arrange it with the port and customs people. All right. Now, look here. You'll go out Sunday with the pilot and mingle with the passengers. <laughs> I don't see Ellery getting up, Inspector. Yeah, neither do I. Uh-oh, wait a minute, there he is. Now, Vili, 
be ready to take our carriage over from Melrose. All right, get going. So that's Mr. R. Carris. Let's get closer, Nicky. Hi, Inspector, there's Pitt Instrument and Susu Mounting. It's fiancé. Uh, his society friends, huh? Pitt, Susu, here I am. Susu, there he is. George. Hi, George. Darling, hi. I'll see you as soon as I'm finished with the costume. Don't let him push you around, George. Come uh, on. Well, Lily, nothing doing. He didn't pass it. I'm positive. Haven't had my eyes off him. If he's smuggling anything, Dad, it's in his luggage or on him. Well, that means a body search. And I better go tell Zach. Thanks, son. Phone me at home, Dad, will you? Uh-huh. I wonder if they'll find anything, Ellery. I wonder. <laughs> Nothing, eh? Not a blasted thing, son. And Vili swears our carriage didn't pass anything to anyone from the gangway to the custom shed. Our carriage raising cane? Uh, he's calling Washington right now. I guess those tips are phonies, and we fell for them. Yeah. Keep me informed, Dad. Oh, Nicky. The inspector? Yes, and it's a washout. Uh-oh. Oh, by the way, Ellery, there's a Mrs. Prine waiting to see you. She's terribly concerned about her son. Her son? Well, all right. Oh, as long as she's here already, yeah. Come in, Mrs. Prine. Yes, please, come in, Mrs. Prine, and uh, sit down, won't you? Oh, Mr. Quinn, it's about Arthur, my boy. Yes? He's missing. He didn't come home yesterday. Suppose you tell me all about it. We live in Holland, Mr. Queen, just Arthur and me. I'm a widow. I'm sickly, and Arthur supports me. Where was Arthur supposed to be coming home from, Mrs. Prime? From his job. He's got a Butland job over in Park Avenue, employed by Mr. Istrin. Ellery. Oh, the buddy of our good friend, Nicky. Please go on, Mrs. Prime. Well, every Saturday for three years, Mr. Queen, that boy's come straight home from Park Avenue with his salary. Here it is, Sunday, and he ain't home yet. Have you called Mr. Istrin? Oh, yes, sir, yesterday evening. But he said uh, Arthur had left at the usual time, saying he was going right home. I don't know what I'll do if Arthur don't show up by tonight. Mrs. Prine is afraid he'll lose his job, Ellery. Mr. Istrom's awful strict. Every morning, Arthur has to have Mr. Istrom's breakfast ready by 9 o'clock. Monday mornings, Arthur always gets there by 8.30, just so Mr. Istrom can eat on time. Did Istrom offer any possible explanation, Mrs. Prine? Well, he said not to worry. But I don't know, Mr. Queen. It don't sound like Arthur. Mm. Have you notified the police? Oh, no, sir. Mr. Estrom wouldn't like that. That's why I come to you, Mr. Queen. Yes. Well, now, you you go home and stop worrying, Mrs. Prime. I'll make the inquiries. Yes, hmm? sir. Thank you, Mr. Queen. That's all right. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Pip Estrom's butler. And today, George R. Carris came in. Funny coincidence. Nicky, get me the missing persons bureau. Here she is, Ellery. Hmm? Oh. Good morning, Mrs. Bryan. Morning, Mr. Queen. Miss Porter. Morning. I got down here just as fast as I could. Mrs. Bryan, I, uh... I, I, I think we've found Arthur. You have? Well, where is he? I... Mrs. Prime. Yes, sir? I'm afraid we have some dreadful news for you. This is the city mortuary. The... What, sir? This is the morgue, Mrs. Prime. Nicky. It's all right, sir. 
All right. Lean on me, Mrs. Prime. Do you think that, uh, that you're up to identifying Arthur officially for us, Mrs. Prime? I want to see my boy. Nikki? I know, Ellery. All right, Mrs. Prime. Sergeant. Right, Maestro. That's my son. Arthur. He was all damn wet-like. His body was taken out of the East River at five o'clock this morning. Arthur never did a wrong thing in his life. Only maybe play ten cents on the numbers once in a while. He won twenty dollars last month playing the number thirty-one. What? Yes, sir. He liked that number, thirty-one. Been playing it for most a year. Do I go home now? Sergeant, take Mrs. Bryan home, will you? Yeah. Go on, Miss Bryan. Easy. I think I'd like a cup of coffee, Ellery. Then Pip Istram is going to have to give it to you. Istram? But, Ellery, it's so early in the morning. It's only 7.15. This can't wait, Nikki. There's a connection between Arthur's death and George Arcaris. That number, 31. You mean just because Arthur played 31 all the time in the numbers The number of Arcaris' cabin on the Aegeo was also 31. Come on, Nikki. Hopping into a cab, Ellery and Nikki go directly from the city mortuary to Pip Istram's apartment on Park Avenue. I can't see anyone at this hour. I'm just having my breakfast. Mr. Istram, your butler is dead. Arthur? Then. That's something of a blow. He was a jewel. Won't you sit down? Thanks, Mr. Istram, but we... Mind if I have another cup of coffee? Not at all. Uh-oh. Join me? No, Thanks. Arthur's mother phoned me Saturday night, but naturally. How did he die? Run over, stabbed in some Harlem brawl? Even if he was in a brawl, Mr. Istram, I strongly doubt that it took place in Harlem. He died of a cerebral fracture. There's a bruise on his jaw, and the back of his head is not pretty. Mm. And then his body was dumped in the East River, like a sack of garbage. In a word, Mr. Istram, Arthur was murdered. Clumsy of me. Well, see here, Queen, do the police think I did it or some such nonsense? The last time I saw Arthur was Saturday evening when he left here perfectly all right. Mm-hmm. I take it that your friend, George Arcaris, knew Arthur. Sure. What has Arcaris to do with Arthur's death, Queen? That, Mr. Istrom, is what I propose to find out. George, he only got into the States yesterday morning. Arthur may not have been murdered until yesterday afternoon. Immersion in water, you see, often makes it difficult to fix the exact time of death. Now, look here. I'm getting a little bit bored with all this. My fiance, Miss Mounting, and I have known Mr. Arcaris for a long time, and I'm quite... 31. Sure... I beg your pardon. I said 31. Does the number 31 mean anything to you, Mr. Estrom? <laughs> Not a thing. Oh. Then, uh, I'll let you return to your breakfast. Becky? <laughs> Let's pause right here. More on 670 WMAQ after these messages. Now, 
are you way off, son? What possible connection could there be? I don't know, Dad, but there is one. All on account of a number 31, a coincidence. Just the same, I'm going to see our current. Gallery, no. Why? Now, lay off our carriage, will you? You don't know the stint she's made. Now, please, son. Okay. But, Dad, I think you're making a big mistake. That seemed to be the end of the diamond smuggling case. And of the Arthur Prime case, too. The police got nowhere on it, and Ellery got grumpier every day. Then, two weeks later, it was a Sunday. Nikki, is that you? Uh-huh. Oh. In my Sunday best. Ellery, what's the matter? Dear Gia, it's, it's sailing today. So what? George Arcaris is sailing on it. I suppose he is. Nikki. We can just make it. Make what? The Aegea. I just solved it, Nikki. Come on. I hope you know what you're doing, Mr. Queen. Trust me, Captain. You hope. Queen. Captain Dillian, Mr. Arcaris. Open your cabin door, please. Yes? What is it, Captain? Where are these people? Uh, Mr. Carlos, would you mind if this gentleman searches your cabin? Search? I mind very definitely, Captain. Perhaps if I explain. Mr. Arcaris, it's my theory that this cabin contains a hiding place. Hiding place? Of what? Of some diamonds. Oh, I see. Formerly, I've been accused of smuggling diamonds into the United States. Now I am accused of smuggling them out. Is that it? Not exactly. But you will admit, Mr. Arcaris, won't you, that it's a very odd coincidence you're always booking cabin 31 in the Aegea, both coming and going? And it's demented. <laughs> very well. Go ahead. Sir, I can't hold up the ship, Mr. Queen. We sail in ten minutes. Ellery, ten minutes? One side, Nicky. <laughs> You'll have to hurry, Mr. Queen. It is a pity my good friends, Mr. Eastrum and Miss Mounting, did not stay on board long enough to witness this spectacle. <laughs> so Eastrum and Miss Mounting were here, Mr. Arcaris. Here in your cabin? You know them? Yes, Mr. Queen. They always see me off. That's very interesting, Arcaris. Because the steel support of this bunk comes out, revealing a very effective hiding place. What? Why, it's big enough to hide a fortune in diamonds. Uh, but, Mr. Queen, it's it's empty. Certainly, Captain, but it was full of diamonds when the Aegea docked. But Ellery, he was searched when he got off the ship. Arcaris left the diamonds on board, Nicky. He never carried them off when the ship made... carry them off when the ship made port. But he made sure always to get cabin 31 for the return trip. You heard him just now. Pip Istrom and Susu Mounting always see him off. Visitors to the ship on its outgoing voyage. Such visitors are not searched when they leave. One of them carried the diamonds off just a few minutes ago. Stand very still. Oh. Oh. <laughs> My error. Do not move, please. Not even a little. Very good. <laughs> oh, the swine. Oh, 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 locked. Ellery, look here, through the porthole. 
He's running down the gangway just as they're pulling it in. Never mind our carriers, Mickey. We've got to get to Wistrom's. Captain, get us off your ship. And so, Mr. Istrom, I will trouble you for those diamonds. The Queen, they have nothing to do with our carriers. My fiance, Miss Mounting, did turn some jewels over to me this afternoon, yes. But... Oh, she did? Yes, she often does. Susa was very popular before our engagement, you know, with some extremely wealthy gentry. She gambles a little, I'm afraid, and she turns some of their gifts over to me for disposal. You know, my father made his money in South African diamonds. I still have some of father's connection. <laughs> you doubt my word. Are you as big an idiot as you sound, Istram? Your precious Susa has been smuggling diamonds into the United States for your friend Arcaris and getting you to turn them into cash. That's a lie, Queen. That's a filthy lie. Sorry, watch yourself. Semper, Mr. Istram. Sorry. Wow. You knocked him out, Hillary. He's out cold. Yes. Now to find those diamonds. Don't bother. Huh? Susu Mounting. I've got them. It's a queen, isn't it? You know, Miss Mounting, that gun is probably loaded. You sure you know what you're doing? Oh, stop it. Now... You're both going to march out of here and go down to the street. You'll pretend nothing's wrong. You'll get into my car. Drive it. I'll be in the back with this thing pointing at you. And you'll drive out to the country. Sounds cozy. Shut up. Where are we going, Susu? To a little hideaway cottage used by George Arcaris. Arcaris? Get going. an idiot, Suso. You bring them here. Why did you not shoot them in pizza pot? Well, I... I'm not as used to shooting people as you are, George. I'm getting out of here. Stay where you are. Perhaps it is just as well, Mr. Queen. I owe you something. Personally. Now that Suso has brought you here, you will make the best of it, huh? We have the diamonds. This is Pip Istram's pistol. We will concoct the plot. Hillary. Hmm? <laughs> it's all right, Nicky. Arcaris wouldn't be that foolish. Foolish? This cottage is owned by Pip Easter, Mr. Quinn. An accommodation to his good friend, George. <laughs> but nothing on paper, you understand. So we will bury you here. By the time you are found, Mr. Eastram, who has been a dupe throughout, we'll have some explaining to do. No, don't. George, wait. Wait till I go away with you. My dear Miss Mounting, we smuggle diamonds together. We will commit murder together. Oh, no. Or would you rather join them? I give you five seconds, Susu. Get it over with. Quick. Duck, Nicky. Oh. Oh. I've got his gun, Dad. Nice shooting, Billy. Yes, stand still, girlfriend. Get your paws off me. Yeah. You'll hit Mr. Ekstrom. Pip. You filth. <laughs> Has anybody got a drink? You've done your last drinking for some time, Miss Mountain. And I don't think, Arcaris, that you'll smuggle any more diamonds like these into the United States for some time. You will get me a physician and my consulate at once. Oh, sure. Well, son, another narrow squeak. You got Mr. Istrom to thank, Maestro. He came to after the mounting woman hustled you out and phoned us pronto. I heard Susu's confession, Mr. Queen. It quite restored my sanity. Thanks for saving our lives, Istrom. 
Well, Dad, now... Larry, hmm? let's get out of here. Well, Nikki, don't you want to know who killed Mrs. Prine's son, Arthur? The murder of Mr. Estrum's butler. You mean, son, the two cases are connected? Oh, yes, Dad. And I'll tell you how right now. <laughs> And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the mystery. Now, Nikki, will you introduce our guest? Sure thing, Ellery. He's the popular screen and stage star, most recently seen with Anne Sheridan in the film Nora Prentice. Mr. Kent Smith. Good evening, Mr. Smith. Nice to have you here. Good evening, Ellery. Thanks for inviting me. I understand that this season you're going to be playing for the fourth time with Catherine Cornell and Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra. Is that right? That's right, Ellery. I played with Miss Cornell in uh, Candida, St. Joan, Wingless Victory... And I'm looking forward with great enjoyment to Antony and Cleopatra. Oh, lots of luck, Mr. Smith. Let's hope the play has a long run. But now let's get down to business, shall we? Tell me who killed Arthur Prime. Well, I... Uh, it, it seems rather simple from where I sit. I don't know whether it is or not, but I All guess right. that uh, uh, Seuss is the real villain in this piece, except that she... The villainess. The villainess, oh. yeah. <laughs> Just to be grammatically correct. <laughs> well, I, I, if, uh, I must say that I was fooled about... Uh, Pip, but as long as he turns out to be okay, he probably... Mm, having saved our lives, you mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It came in handy then. And you gather it with <laughs> you certainly did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the motive? Really? Well, uh, that I can't quite establish, except she might have found him. Uh, he sent... Um, uh, Pip sent uh, his butler to cabin mm-hmm. 31. And I the see. code they used was and the numbers code. And you connected with the diamonds. Yeah. I see. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Smith, and you'll right. find out in just a moment what the solution is. I can't wait. <laughs> Listen, every morning for three years, Arthur Prime prepared his employer's breakfast by 9 o'clock. On Monday mornings, Arthur always got to Mr. Istrom's apartment by 8.30, Mrs. Prime told us, Nicky. Just so Mr. Istrom can eat on time. Now, Nicky, do you recall the morning Mrs. Prime identified Arthur's body at the morgue? Yes, it was a Monday morning. And what time was it when we left the morgue to go to Mr. Istrom's apartment? Very early. I think I said it was 7.15. That's right. We took a cab. We went directly from the morgue to Istrom's Park Avenue apartment. So when we saw Istrom, no more than 15 to 20 minutes could have elapsed. In other words, it was around 7.30 in the morning. And what was Istrom doing when we called on him at that hour? Eating his breakfast. At 7.30 a.m. But this was breaking a fixed habit of years. Why, on that particular Monday morning, did not Pip Istrom wait for his man, Arthur, to turn up to prepare breakfast for him? Because he knew Arthur was dead, Henry? Well, Dad, the only ones who knew Arthur was dead at that time were ourselves and Arthur's mother. Arthur's body hadn't been fished out of the East River until 5 a.m., hadn't been identified by his mother until 7.15 a.m., 15 minutes before we found Istram eating a breakfast he himself must have prepared, since Arthur was his only servant. There is only one way Istram could have known Arthur was dead, and that's if Istram had killed him. Correct, Istram? Correct. Yeah, but Maestro, why? And what did the number 31 have to do with it? Well, for some time, Arthur, who had a weakness for playing the numbers game, had been playing 31, because he had noticed that your good friend, Arcaris, always occupied cabin 31 in the Aegea. Arthur took that as a hunch, as so many numbers players do. But that last Saturday, Arthur suddenly realized that Arcaris wasn't using cabin 31 in the Aegea just because he liked it. He had probably noticed also that each time after Arcaris sailed in cabin 31 in the Aegea, your fiancé, Istrum, invariably deposited some diamonds with you. 
and your butler made the connection you were too blind to make. He told you that that Saturday afternoon, and you must have... I was so outraged, I lost my temper and hit Arthur in the jaw with all my strength. He fell hard and fractured his head on the floor. I didn't mean to kill him. I hit his body then, in the middle of the night. I took it down, the service elevator, into my car, disposed of it in the river. I'm afraid, Eston, that you've been your own worst enemy throughout. Too infatuated with Susu Mounting to see what she really was, too hot-headed to control that murderous temper of yours, and too foolish to call the police when Arthur died and rely on the simple truth. Now you'll have to face a jury under very different circumstances. It'll be your own fault, Estrem, if they don't believe your story. Sergeant, take him in, too. And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the solution to our mystery. Thank you again, Mr. Kent Smith, for being our guest armchair detective this evening. And as mementos of your visit with us... Anderson is proud to present you with this autographed copy of my new anthology, The Queen's Awards, 1946, and a subscription to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. As a special gift, we have for you a Stromberg-Carlson radio phonograph combination, complete with push-button tuning and automatic record changer. We're also presenting you with a generous supply of Anderson for the relief of headache pain. Perhaps your own doctor has already recommended Anderson for the fast help it can give. Now, Ellery, what about next week? Next week's story done is about a tense problem in human relations and crime. I call it Tragedy in Blue. This is...